Well, good morning, Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? Good. Did you have a good 4th of July? Very good 4th of July. I was at the Havana Conference in Upland, Indiana. Oh, okay. It was really good. So did you get the whole like fireworks potato salad treatment or was it a little different? Potato salad? You know, I think that might just be what I associate with the 4th of July. Oh, yeah, we had, well, let's say we had a lot of good food. Okay. Had a lot of good food. And then fireworks on Saturday night and Sunday night. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, like from my house on the, from the porch at certain times, you can see fireworks from like all three towns and then people just shooting them off um, here in Westchester. It's awesome. That's the joy of being in the Midwest and flat climate, you know, Mm -hmm. flat terrain and Mm -hmm. you see everything. It's awesome. Okay. Questions, questions. Here we go. What's your favorite book of the Bible? James. James. Why James? It seems to be very practical for the here and now and today. Uh, I've found a lot of verses out of James that I could just put into use right away. Hmm. Good. Okay. Do you have any phobias? I don't like snakes much. Okay. There's no poisonous snakes in Iowa. Not anymore, but you used to, used to be rattlers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I just don't like them. <laughs> I don't like when they jump out and startle me because then it's just like, oh, I didn't need to be afraid of you. And you startled me, so now I have to. Like, uh, yeah, and that's usually when I see them. Uh huh. Um, next question. Um, if you want to get your Bible, Leviticus 19, verse 9. This is kind of a farming question. Okay. So I'll let you read it first if you can. 19, 9. 1919. I believe. Keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not make, do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material so how are we to view that i mean obviously we're probably wearing two blended different fabrics on right our shirts. cotton and polyester i mean we don't really plant two different seeds in in a field at a time necessarily um but we certainly breed cattle from different breeds so how are we to kind of view that passage there well, I think I think there's a certain kind of purity he's that God is uh, ordaining in the midst of this, and I think part of it would go into how far. Well, and it, the pertinent piece for our time is how far do we go into genetic engineering that we're afraid that we've infringed on the creation that God put in place. In one way or another, every time we we alter creation we're altering what god put in place Mm -hmm. Uh, do we enter that fearfully and do we understand what we're doing when we get there i think a lot of horror movies come out of the fact that uh we did something that shouldn't ever have been done and god's wrath comes in right on the on the midst of it but uh you know we often go into that not thinking much about what the outcome would be if things went awry. Right. To me, these verses are saying basically, hey, God put it in place a certain way. Be mindful of that. Uh, 
it doesn't mean don't get better genetics in your corn crop. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, do better breeding of your animals because we know that was done. Uh, even uh, uh, Jacob was working with the uh, uh, genetics of the sheep mm -hmm. so he got a better crop, better uh, a lamb out sure. of the midst of it. So we know it's not doing that because that's already been pre-Leviticus and, and done. The woven together, different kinds of material. You know, I just don't think that Moses had any idea what polyester, polyester could do to our life. Sure. And uh, So it's kind of like saying that the people in the Bible back, the people who wrote this and you know put this together, they weren't this, are we saying, are you kind of attributing it to that it was of the times where they didn't have another way to tell people not to do something because there could be consequences? They just said, okay, just don't do it, you know, and then everything's fine. Yeah, and I think that could have been the message for that time. I'd say the message that this has for our time is let's be mindful that God's creation has a pattern. And when we mess with it too much, we could unleash Pandora's box you know mm -hmm. it, I don't think we know all the ramifications in its fullest forms when we start playing with God's creation mm -hmm. and we just need to be mindful of him okay see I, I think back to something I listened to recently where they talked about the best humanitarians that ever were and so you know they got like Mother Teresa all these different characters and they went through and like five four three two one and number one the person who got number one because he saved the most lives that they could account for um, was Norman Borlaug, who was actually a, a, a bio agriculture. He developed wheat that would produce higher yields and spread it all. Like I think he researched it down in Mexico for a long time and right. did this. And, and he saved so many lives. My wife's school is actually named after him. And I'd have to imagine that's kind of where I get where it's hard for me is like well is the Bible are we supposed to take it for its word or do we see that well that was a lot of good that happened from that obviously God used him to create this well I think he was a Christian man as well yeah and so that's part of his story it was yeah the, the thing that I think is in the midst of this is how intimate are we with God and his bigger vision mm-hmm uh, if we go after these things and say, well, I'm going to make a name for myself by this animal breed that I'm going to take to a whole new level, and I'm going to take two different kinds of animals and make things happen. If it's for us, that's one thing. Uh, but I think God has a plan for each of us. Our intimacy with God helps direct that. Okay. And his intention on making new varieties of wheat I believe was driven by his faith. Okay. That's good. Okay. Next question. Um, how many laughs should you get from a good sermon? I'm really good. If I get one, <laughs> I, I think I'm on a good day. We'll get one laugh. Oh, good. I had a lady in my congregation last congregation that says, you know, Don, just don't try to be funny. You are not a comedian. Don't try to be funny. And so, uh, yeah. That's funny. Well, I don't think I made her laugh at all. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you have to, do you go in and be like, okay, add some, is there like a structure for sermons where you're just like, or does everyone develop their own where they're like, 
insert joke here. Here's the like callback to that joke at the end of the, you know. Actually, when I write a sermon, I don't write any humor into okay. it. And whatever humor comes either is by the Holy Spirit or Satan getting a hold of me. One of the two, <laughs> trying to create a distraction. Uh, no, I don't usually sew the okay. sew yeah, the I, comedy right into it. I did a I did a sermon here uh, a couple weeks before you came, right? And I had to write all mine down because I knew that if I left it up to a whim. There either wasn't going to be as good of jokes, or maybe it would not have been appropriate of jokes, and I definitely didn't want to do that. So, true, mm-hmm. and I think each of us develops a style over time. So don't feel bad about that. Okay, that's, that's cool. Okay, I, you should not have to do it the way I do it, and or me do it the way you do it. It's part of the preaching that I think we need to re- realize is it's God induced, it's God inspired. Mm-hmm. We need to let the Holy Spirit have. Uh, have privilege sure. over the words we speak. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I write fewer sermons than I used to to give the Holy Spirit more leeway to speak. Less on paper. Less on paper. Cool. Okay, well, this one fits with the 4th of July weekend we just had. How should a Christian view the United States of America and, like, the flag and the, you know, pledge of allegiance and that kind of stuff, you know? Are we Americans? Are we Christians? Do those conflict at all? Well, I don't think it conflicts any more than it did for Paul, who was a Roman citizen, but a Christian. And eventually was killed by his, his citizenship. I mean, the, the government of his citizenship took his life. So, first of all, we're Christians. Second of all, we realize that God uses nations like the United States, who are yielded in his hands to do and accomplish his will. Uh, We see that in Romans 13. He creates those principalities to do his will and to carry out justice. Uh, He also will discipline nations who don't do so. And we uh, also see that sometimes he will use nations to get his people in line. Uh, If you look in the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Habakkuk, uh, nations were used to get Israel back in line again. And uh, when they didn't quite follow back in line, there was literally over 300, almost 400 years of silence from the Lord before Jesus came. So I think the United States has a purpose. I, I am a son of the American Revolution. Uh, I had ancestors in the American Revolution. Um, I believe they gave their lives for a reason, and I don't take this liberty for granted. Mm -hmm. I also think it's been given to us so that in this period where we have this liberty, we can get the gospel to as many people as possible. One of the things you said about a lot of those nations being used, a lot of times they had um, a king or ruler that, was very devoted to God and his and his desires. Do you remember the last president where you thought, you know, that guy loves Jesus? Hmm. Cuz it yeah. kind of seems like it's just a sticker. You know, they slap on their campaign, show up at a few churches. Right. 
Why I know. Oh, uh, Carter is very dedicated. He didn't always do things like I thought should be done, but uh, I know he's a very dedicated Christian. I've heard people go into his his uh, Sunday school class mm-hmm. and come out really impressed by what he's doing there. I, I I think we've had a lot of presidents of faith. Um, yeah, I believe uh, Bush and I think even Trump had a faith that mm-hmm. uh, it might have been simpler than some. Sure. Uh, but definitely did not discount the role of faith in his life. Right. As some precedents would do. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many animals does, did uh, Moses bring on the ark? Well, Moses didn't bring ah, any on the ark. I can yeah, get you with that one. That one always got me when I was younger. Um, do you think Noah fished off the ark? Ooh, I thought about this because, you know, he can bring his fishing, hypothetical fishing pole and line and hook, but he's got to have bait. And so is he going to take one of his two earthworms? No. No? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure he had cause. Okay. Because part of the preparation of the ark itself was to have enough food. Sure. Okay. So I'm, I'm for recreation, maybe you know, trout fishing off the ark. Yeah, I suppose that could be. I remember uh, yeah. boat for that. Maybe long. had a lure, you know. I'm sure he's plenty busy, <laughs> so that'd be cool. Yeah. I wonder what Noah's first lure was. Um, okay. Um, how do you describe your approach to reflecting the love of Christ to people who are not accustomed? To coming to church mm. loving them like god does okay because the holy spirit will always work with a person from the very place they are in other words in order to have some uh, the holy spirit move in somebody's life to pull them towards christ it's always going to start with where they're at it's not going to demand they come about so far before they begin to have the Holy Spirit work in their life and draw them for, towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I love them where they're at. And some, sometimes I, a couple guys that, you know, are ex addicts and they're rough around the edges, but when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them, they become tender and, and understand that God loves them. Then that, Oh, wait a minute. If God loves me, then I need to share God's love with Joe because it's, transform my life and and joe could use that too another addict and what i find is that i start with that love and try to help them understand that god loves them the holy spirit can work in their life if they allow the holy spirit that that privilege and god is changing lives so the first step is to show we care i agree What is the hardest lesson for a husband to learn? To listen. To listen. And that means listen to your wife without the intention of fixing everything. Because all she really wants is to be heard. Mm -hmm. 
and to know she's heard. But, you know, as guys, we're guys and we want to fix it. And so we listen, okay, that's a problem I can fix. And then we try to go towards the fix and that's not what she wants. No. She just wants an ear that cares enough to listen. Mm -hmm. So I do. It, that was given to me as advice from pretty much every man I know when I got married. Well, I wasn't great at it. So then I said, like, okay, just so it kind of changed my mind to just shut up, which worked um, until I, I don't know, centralized that. And then I wasn't actually listening anymore. And it's like, I told you that. And it was like, oops. Yep, just like I would give her kind of a blank stare. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't listening. But she's so understanding that helped me kind of develop that listening skill. Just good. Um, so having a kid soon. Thinking really? Of, thinking of names. Oh, any right. day now. Mm -hmm. I wanted to name name him after the most mighty hunter in the Bible. Do you know who that is? Esau. Better than Nimrod? Well, yeah, more contemporary than Nimrod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife wasn't thrilled yeah, with that Nimrod, name. Yeah, Nimrod, yeah, if you go back to Genesis, yeah. that would be, that's his name. Okay, last question. What is the Trinity and its origins, and what's your, what's your view on that? Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit uh, that was given to us as when Jesus ascended, after Jesus ascended on uh, Pentecost. The role, uh, I think, because of our limited ability to understand who God is fully, God, through his word, has maybe broken down the character at least three directions. And I'd say even those three directions are pretty general in our understanding of God. The role of father, well, you're a daddy. What's your role as father? To walk with your children, develop your household, take care of it. Instill into your children your values for the next generation to know and understand. Keep them safe from harm. Make sure they have food on the table. Provide. Then we have Jesus, the Son, the Son of the Father, who replicates that heavenly peace of the Father into the earthly flesh and blood. And we understand that through the life of ministry of Jesus in the four Gospels. He came... He was divinely inspired and, and brought, come to earth. But he lived just like the rest of us with one major difference. He didn't sin. And with all the good wisdom that he shared, his ultimate purpose was to go to the cross and pay the price that we couldn't pay. The price of our sin. And he was willing to do that. In that act, he showed us the heart of God, the love of God, the agape peace, where you as then as daddy, because of your agape love for your family, mm -hmm. would give your life to keep them safe. Do whatever it takes for your family. 
That's a father's heart. Most certainly. That's reflected in the son. Well, Jesus was taken then into heaven. So how do we now connect with the deity? He sent his Holy Spirit. What's unique about that is that Holy Spirit is Jesus in one sense, giving us counsel in the here and now. So the Holy Spirit is the peace of God that's present with us tactfully, tangibly on earth today. So tangible was it on that Pentecost Sunday that all the people of Jerusalem, even with their individual dialects and languages, heard the good news of what God was doing, wanting to do in their own language. Hmm. So as the Holy Spirit works in the here and now, it's working so that we can understand who God is in a language we know. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, basically those terms and those, I, those teachings help us get a little bit of a handle on how big God is. And I would say even those handles are pale examples of who God is. Just gives us a little idea. That's good. Did I cover? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I get lost in the answer oh, yeah. as to yeah. where the question was. Uh, I'm, so I'm I sorry. All the time. That was good. Okay. That's, that'll be it for us for today. Um, if you have any more questions, please send them so, so our way. So can I have a question? Sure. So do you know the name you're going to give this little one yet? It's going to be Bennett. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wife said if we agreed on that one then I get to pick the middle name. Okay, so we'll leave in suspense on the middle name. And I, so I've thrown out a bunch of middle names that I think are very high quality middle names. And so she's kind of taking back what she promised a little bit on that. She goes, okay, I have to agree on them. I'm like, so next week we'll hear. I'm like marsupial, that's a good name. Thunder is a good middle name. So yeah, so supposed to be induced Saturday, next Saturday, so. So if by next Thursday we don't have a name that's right. We know by Saturday. Mm-hmm. All right. God bless you. Thanks. If you have any questions, send them to the email on, uh, on the screen at the end. And uh, church services here are at 1045 Sundays um, with a, an adult Sunday school right. in the basement at 930. Yes. And yep. Jennifer Hobbs is going to be here this week. That's right. Jenny's so going to give us good. our message and worship service. So sure to be a blast. Mm-hmm. Praise right. the Lord. Thank you. Blessings. Yeah, I know. I was like, this one's going to be 45 minutes for sure. So are you still...